Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Last night really wiped me because I did two shit. Well, actually, no, I did three shows. If you think about it, because I did the Cloris Leachman, Tool, Annie Lennox. I know people are probably scratching their heads like, wait a minute. Why did you do two albums, Tools, Undertow, and Annie Lennox's Diva? Because they both have anniversaries. 29 years and 30 years respectively and so doing but doing the show on um Cloris Leachman was a, a big treat because I know many people across the different generations who loved Cloris Leachman she was hilarious and I was watching a clip of her on Oprah when Oprah got the remaining cast of Mary Tyler Moore together of course Ted Knight has been gone since the 80s but the remaining cast at that moment, and they all—that was the last time they all got together, and now they're all gone. You think about it in 2021, the remaining cast survivors of Mary Tyler Moore died, including Lou Grant, Cloris Leachman, Gavin McLeod, Davin McLeod, and Betty White. You know Sue Ann Nivens. So yeah, here we are, uh, Doctor Zeus Film Podcast, and it's almost the end of the week, and. I have a weekend planned out. Just me and maybe a few friends going to my favorite esoteric shop and gathering some materials because I'm going back into a profession that I'm a little excited yet weary to go into. And so I thought I would talk about that briefly. But I was watching a clip of Annie Lennox's Diva video and that whole and, and visually it's stunning. It is so stunning. And you go back and you think how um, she was able to do that narratively through Sophie Mueller. Just those images. And then, you know, here we're coming off the Grammys. She won a couple of Grammys. In fact, she won like a video one for Diva. And then it wasn't until 95's Medusa she won for Best Female Pop Vocal. She beat out Mariah Carey. That, That was a... I think there were six nominees, which is uncommon and uh, un- unheard of. And she beat them all out. She won for No More I Love Yous. And she was stunned. And, you know. And then Tool. Tool, you know, they're not big on the Grammys. Even though they've won several. They've won for Recording Package. Uh, previously, they won for Best Metal Performance for Tempest in 2020. So, 2020. So as a fan, it was my it was my duty to honor those anniversaries and and to talk about them and and to give um, pause because I am a visual person, I am a music person, and it all and it all connects together. And so here we are, I'm waiting to go to work and recording for you all and um, talking about these two mediums that I just absolutely love. I love when artists are able to do that and to visually you know like Beyonce Beyonce did oh the visual album it's been done Annie Lennox already did it Marianne Faithful did it the Smiths did it it's been done it was done in a different context it wasn't done of the HBO magnitude that she did it and um you know I actually enjoyed Lemonade and I and I've said this I don't think she can she can top I don't think she can top Lemonade that is a moment visually and musically that I uh, I was even stunned by. And I'm not a big Beyonce fan, but it was stunning to to watch and to watch 
this artist rise to a, a new occasion, so much so that MTV dusted off their long-form video category, which hadn't been in existence since the 90s, and gave it to her. And and that, that says something when they resurrect a video category that they haven't used in a while to pay, pay tribute to an artist of that caliber. And of course, she didn't win Album of the Year at the Grammys. And still to this day, that is a big injustice. You know, uh, her versus Adele. And even Mary J. Blige and Charlemagne, who were on... Charlemagne the God, who were on a certain Bravo show, said when they asked Adele or Beyonce, and they said Beyonce. And I agree with that. I'm not a big Beyonce fan. I'm not a big Adele fan. You know all what I think of Adele's 30 album, or as we should call it, 35 or 40, because that's how she's acting. Remember, she doesn't do it for the TikTok crowd, and yet so many people who are your fans do your songs on TikTok. So what do you say about that? You can't block it. Okay. So it's been it's been an interesting week. It's been a week of getting ripped off. Um, I wasn't happy about that. I won't go into it. And that's why I love film. I, I'm hoping to get around and watching Murder or Death on the Nile, which I've been wanting to watch ever since I heard that it was on HBO Max. There are some other films that I really... I want to watch Licorice Pizza. I did watch... I'm still watching um, Nightmare Alley. I'm a, Come on. If it's Bradley Cooper in that cast. And Guillermo del Toro. I'm a big Guillermo del Toro. I love saying his name. Guillermo del Toro. Just a legendary filmmaker. Legendary. And you really can't say that about the younger filmmakers. I mean, you could say that about Scorsese. You could say that about Spielberg or Kubrick. But to say that about... Um, you know, a contemporary artist like Guillermo del Toro or Alfonso Caron, um, it really, it really says something in this this film era that we live in, where everything is digital and accessible, and the same that goes for the music and everything. It's it truly is an artistic endeavor, and so there are a few people I would love to have on this show. I probably won't ever have. You know, we all have our uh, dream interviews and uh, if you were listening by a ch- stretch of a chance I would say Guillermo del Toro we're both Mexican I'm half Mexican I would love to have you on and just talk about where where this this interest in gothic style and horror films came from where did it where did it come from that's what I would love to talk to him about and I'm very fortunate that I've had a few guests on this show Starting off with um, Mr. Texas, Andrew, who hopefully will make another appearance on the show, followed by Adam and Alma. They're so hilarious. Uh, and then uh, Jason Almy, if shit happens when you party naked, uh, I'm hoping to have Jason on again. And then um, George Strombolopoulos. I mean, it's a, it's a small list, but it's a here's the thing. I'm a li- it's a list that I'm thankful for that they even took the time out to be on the show where and and I and I wasn't the one who approached them I remember Jason wanted to be on the show I said okay uh Mr. Texas wanted to be on the show which was hilarious he would call me and just say put me on the show and then um and then George Trombolopoulos we were he was doing one of his live Instagrams and he said hey homie I want to be on the show okay 
And like I said before, he, I thought he wanted this one movie. And no, he, he introduced me to a totally crazy movie that I would have never have thought to watch. I was aware of it. I was totally aware of it. And I was aware of Ken Russell. And so I am grateful for to him for that. And then I'm going to try to have my friend on whom came to... She came to San Francisco from Canada to visit. And... I don't just want to talk about a particular film, though. I want to talk about her art. She is such an amazing artist, and I can't stress that enough. And, I, and I'm always uh, very happy to be around artists. Some of the great artists that we revere are no longer here, like Salvador Dali and Frida Kahlo and, and Magritte and Picasso. And my friend, she does this beautiful wood burning and she does this beautiful artwork. And, and, I, and it, a lot of it is the landscape that she lives in. I would love to visit that landscape and just to see her capture it. Even a, even a photograph, you know, there is an art form to photography. And a, lot, and a lot of people probably wouldn't say that. I would because I studied photography as, I, as also I studied cinematography. So yeah, there is a total art form to it. Same with visual, the visual medium of a, of a I, you know, music videos. Here's the thing with music videos. <laughs> music videos are, are just, um, we, we've come a long way in terms of doing the music video. And remember, you had to either access it from MTV or you had to access it from VH1. And here now you can access it through YouTube, but also you can go through TikTok clips and Instagram clips and Facebook. And so the video premiere itself. Now, some people would say it died and I disagree with that because now it's really served up to the people because I didn't grow up with cable. And it used to be you had to have cable to watch MTV and now you don't. And and everyone is streaming and everyone is using these different platforms as artists. And so, I mean, and, and also the medium itself. Remember when OK Go put out Here, Here It Goes Again and they did that video on Stairmasters or no treadmills. And it changed the whole medium of how an artist can produce themselves, broadcast themselves to the masses. You know what I mean? And that's what interests me as an artist. So yeah, uh, people who wouldn't think, oh, there's no artistic merit in podcasting. There's no artistic merit in photography. There is artistic merit in both of them because you really have to be on your game to do it. And, And people have given me crap before saying, oh my God, you don't write anything down and you don't rehearse because I already know in my brain what I'm going to talk about. This is also from the years of uh, speech, uh, uh, was it speech class that I've had. Uh, and, I, and I always give credit where credit is due to my wonderful prof- professor, Carrie McQuett. And I hope one day she hears this. I, I always, uh, I'm sure it makes, it makes her kind of turn red that I always acknowledge her, but I do because she really taught me the importance of giving an impromptu. And as a podcaster, that's what I'm doing right now is giving you an impromptu. Yes, I have kind of a focal point of what I want to talk about in terms of the art form, but Professor Moquette 
or Dr. Moquette, she taught me the importance of an impromptu. And we had this bag, Crown Royal bag, remember? And she would put these words inside and you had to pick out a word and you had to give an impromptu. And also pausing and giving, rather than saying um, and rather than saying you know all the time. George Strombolopoulos told me about that. How to just count the number of times I say that other word that I shouldn't be that even on radio they say you shouldn't say because it's like no you don't and so with Professor Moquette it was always kind of look at your audience know your audience don't talk down to your audience and and I've said this before and I've said this again that's that's kind of why uh, Adele is on my shit list is because she went after her audience like that and said oh I my music is not for the TikTok crowd and I thought well that's that's talking down to your audience and um disrespecting them you don't disrespect your audience Joe Rogan I'm talking to you oh oh wait never mind because we all know about his audience that uh yeah I'm not I'm not a big Joe Rogan fan although I will say something funny and this and this would embarrass him for some reason when I get stoned whether I'm on edibles or something, I kind of find him attractive. I don't know what it is. I think it's because when you're when you're on edibles, you have like a fog brain. So maybe, uh, yeah, and a lot of stuff comes out, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I can't believe I just said that. But it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We also talk about music. Uh, but yeah, Carrie Moquette. I and see her, both her and my mother taught the same subject matters. And people would always say, we should take your mother. I can't because that's a conflict of interest. My mother is a professor, has been a professor for 40 years this year. And Professor Moquette was someone that I actually felt a kinship with because I got to talk to her about Patti Smith and Tool. We both went to the same concerts, which was, that's, that's pretty cool. And I remember having dinner one time with her. I was no longer her student. It was me and another friend. And just the stories that we got to talk about. And she was hilarious. She really, I really admire her. She uh, worked for a major company and she brought that world to our classroom. Talking about business English and how to properly say or write things and not to use slang when you're emailing a professor or emailing a professional job. Yeah, because I know people who have done that even on the job, and I won't say who, when I was in um, education, they would type it in slang. And all the while I'm thinking, oh, Professor McQuitt's like, oh, that's not business English. It's not business English. You know what I mean? So, oh, and I just said that word that I shouldn't say. So yeah, this this is what I wanted to talk about and just do a free form of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast and all this beautiful media that I get to share with all of you. And eventually I will move it to kind of a, a video-based show. I, I need to go back to the gym though before I can do that. I remember one time I was recording and I was lifting weights and I'm realizing and I'm thinking how this is crazy. I shouldn't be doing this. So I never did that again. Or how I used to talk on the phone with a friend of mine and I would go to the gym and he would try to make me laugh even though I was doing, you know how when you when you work out you do the dip, you do your breaths and then, or you're lifting something along those lines. And so, yeah, I try to cut those uh, mistakes out of the show, for instance. So yeah, it's, 
It's been a very interesting experience. I wanted to go see Ministry, talk about visual, uh, but all the good seats are expensive. I saw it, they were like 50 bucks, and it's like, yeah, but those are the seats way in the back, and I want to really fully enjoy Ministry. Ministry is such an interesting band. They're dark, it's visceral, it's industrial. That's the other thing. I've talked about this before at length is how how a fuckery it is that Ministry is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Although, should they want to be in there? And Nine Inch Nails is. And yes, Nine Inch Nails is, is probably more acceptable in the mainstream. It did bring um, in, industrial into the mainstream. But Ministry and Skinny Puppy paved the way. You would not have that sound if it was not for Ministry and Skinny Puppy. So yeah, I, I am I am all for that. I am like I said, I am for giving credit where credit is due here at the Dr. Zeus film podcast. When I tell you something, and I'm I'm not just saying it to fucking say it. I'm saying it because it needs to be said. And so when I do those kinds of shows I I have to give credit where credit is due. That's why I acknowledge Professor Moquette for working with me on proper speak speech uh, terms and just uh, laying it out there. And then the confidence that you have to give an impromptu. Because, yes, we, we all trip up. I, I used to just look at the politicians and how they would say, um, 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 um. But then I'm realizing they're saying things under pressure where Bill Clinton had a, obviously a really great strategy and a really great speaking coach because Bill Clinton was able to give that pause and kind of look around the room and, and grin and then say, my fellow Americans. So those are the ones that are great, who are really great orators as 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 was Bill Clinton and many others. So yes, I am I am really all for just uh acknowledging that within the the mixture and the culture of uh podcasting and podcasting is such a free form without a script. And and there are those of my you know compadres who you do use scripts and do use the editing. And, and I love them for that because it is a little more professional than I'm professional. My podcast is like The Breeders. Remember the band The Breeders? Remember Kim Deal and Kelly Deal, the twin sisters? And how they're very lo-fi and they had to giggle fit their first time on stage. And a gentleman who ran the club that they played at said, you guys will never be... Uh, professionals in the music industry and they're like oh great so as a podcaster there's a there i'm not traditional i'm not professional enough because i'm able to kind of spin that and kind of do these things on the fly and just talk until time runs out (laughs) and that's why i looked at something like cloris leachman and just talking about her and talking about the sheer brilliance of an artist like Cloris Leachman because when when you are a character actor you really have to pull things out of you you're not a leading person why would she want to be some people associate that with money and power it's like oh I'm a leading actor now where you look at the character actors the character actors really have the power within them and you remember them There is something very memorable of Cloris Leachman. 
all the different roles that she was able to do as an artist. And then at the same time, she was able to do television. Mary Tyler Moore, Phyllis. She had the spinoff Phyllis. I don't think Phyllis lasted very long. And I think later, several of the Mary Tyler Moore, like Rhoda had a spinoff. Lou Grant had a spinoff. And I think Lou Grant's spinoff, it was either after Mary Tyler Moore or during it. That was the 70s, was when you had all these different spinoffs. The 80s, they tried to do that. Sometimes it didn't work. If you remember the Golden Girls, how they tried to do a spinoff of Empty Nest and it didn't work. So they used different actors, except for Charlie, who was that that pilot, I think he was, in the Navy. So yeah, spinoffs, spinoffs tend to work and they tend not to. But in the 70s, a time that I was not even alive yet... They, they were major where you had all in the family and then the spinoff was Maud and then the spinoff was the Jeffersons. I love the Jeffersons. Come on. That theme song next to the Golden Girls is probably one of the best theme songs of all time. Now, some of you would say the, the Sopranos. Yeah, the Sopranos. That's an iconic theme or Monk. I love the Monk theme. Uh, but Golden Girls and the Jeffersons, probably because it's a comedy And I'm not going to even say Friends because I was watching Friends the other night. I was a little bored and I was sleepless and I just couldn't get into it. I thought, what? It really is just pretty people trying to be funny at a coffee shop. If you want to do that now, you go to Starbucks in Los Angeles where everyone wants to be an actor and everyone wants to be a screenwriter. Everyone in Los Angeles, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're the plumber, if you're the doctor, your side job is being on film. Or being on television. And you want that Screen Actors Guild card. You get all those benefits. I know because I have family members who wanted to get into the Screen Actors Guild. Now it's, I think, SAG-AFRA. Or AFTRA. I've done voiceovers. Few. I would love to get a card one day. And just be able to do it. Pay off. Maybe buy a house. Someone tried to get me into that. And... I, 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 I appreciate her thinking that I have a great voice and that I'm able to do this because I do do a, a podcast daily. But then wanting me to pay this amount of money. Oh, what are you doing with your life? Well, first of all, that money is for something else. And then her saying, well, you can make much more money by doing the voiceovers. Oh, I understand that, but I'm not going to pay you $3,000 for a voiceover demo. We live in 2022 where I could actually do it myself. Okay, with the right script, with the right people, with the right recordings. So yeah, that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I'll probably be back later tonight, but it's been fun. I always enjoy doing this. I don't take it for granted. Thank you for listening to last night's three episodes. Tool, Undertow, 29 years. Annie Lennox, Diva, 30 years. And of course, Cloris Leachman. So as always, unpleasant dreams.